the Hill Country Patriot. He's a native Texan, president of the Fredericksburg Tea Party, a student of Ben Franklin and John Locke, and he's a Christian conservative political activist. He's a true believer in the principles that this country was founded upon and comes to you every day to guide, advise, and lead you to become involved in the greatest political experiment in the history of our planet, self-governance. We don't get fooled again. He's Matt Long, and this is The Matt Long Show. Good morning, folks. So happy to be here with you on a crispy, late uh, summer morning. I'm telling you, I opened up the door and uh, it was, uh, yeah, cool breeze. Cool breeze came right in. Well, we got a brand new, it's a good thing because we got a brand new heating and air conditioning system yesterday from 72 degrees. And no, they're not paying me to say this. Um, Great service from those guys and... uh, appreciate that and so yeah just in time for the winter we have a brand new air conditioner so there you go and i think the heat works too we did uh, turn that on yesterday afternoon to give that a try so glad to be here with you more this morning and i have a great show coming up for you we've got chad prather who's going to be on the line with us here starting in the second quarter and uh, so we're looking forward to that we got lots of awesome things on the calendar i have to tell you Last night's uh, Fredericksburg Tea Party meeting was was good. Boy, it was good. We had over 120 there. The uh, we had a full house. Uh, dinner was great. Thank you, Rex. Um, the and uh, our speaker from the Texas Nationalist Movement made his best argument, and uh, even had people come up to the mic who uh, were against. The idea, and so uh, that's the kind of uh, stuff we're supposed to do as a country and as a people who are self-governing is to uh, stand up and talk back. And if you don't agree with someone, you have the right to speak back against us. And so, some of our members uh, did a very good job, and uh, it was real good. It was just a great evening, and uh, looking forward to uh, getting to know the folks at the Texas National Movement a little bit better. Daniel Miller. So um, we uh, also, uh, let's see, on the calendar uh, tomorrow at Kerrville Courthouse, uh, at the uh, county courthouse in Kerrville, there's going to be prayer from 10 to noon and a prayer for our country, a remembrance of the 2,977 lives that were taken 20 years ago. You know, I, it, it bothers me when I hear uh, the, the a news broadcaster or uh, read an article that says almost 3,000 people were killed that day. Yes, it was almost 3,000 people, but you know what it really was? It was 2,977 families, individual families. There wasn't any families that were, you know, almost families. It was 2,000 977 human lives. And if you think about the number of people that you affect, the circle of your life, the circle of people around your life, you know, make that 10, 15, 20 people um, in your circle. Now multiply that times 2,977, and you will see how many people's lives were impacted directly through the loss of an individual 
And then the rest of us, if you did not know someone or or had a family member that was in the Pentagon or the Twin Towers or on one of those flights, it affected the rest of us in, in, in a number of different ways. And uh, so we need to remember this. Uh, we, were, we need to spend time tomorrow in remembrance of the 2,977 and what appears to be the changes that are now looking to be permanent in our life because of the actions of a handful of uh, psychos um, on that morning. And uh, so, anyway, the there's going to be prayer at the Kirk County Courthouse. I believe also the Young Republicans are going to be hosting a, uh, a rally of, of types tomorrow in front of the Gillespie County um, a Gillespie County Courthouse in Fredericksburg, and I wish I had a for sure time on that. Um, I'm going to call it 10, but please don't get mad at me. If you uh, really want to go to that, try to get a hold of someone in the Young Republicans today and see if there's um, if anybody knows any more about that. So that's going on in uh, in uh, Gillespie County in Fredericksburg tomorrow. I got some uh, sad news for you. The uh, Boots and Barbecue, the fundraiser for the Fredericksburg Tea Party, is sold out. That's only sad news if you didn't get a ticket. So, um, But the rest of us, we are cranked. I mean, this is absolutely exciting. I think this is our very first annual fundraiser where we have not had tickets available at the door. So... We're very, uh, we're, this is just a thrill to us. And last night at the meeting, George, um, who has uh, been organizing this event, put some uh, pictures of, uh, of the rif- ra- ra- raffle items, which included a rifle. <laughs> there we go. Uh, very cool rifle, a uh, nice little pistol that apparently um is uh, not something that's available um directly on the market anymore and so um i don't know if it's a collector's item or just a rare um a rare gun but that is uh, up for the raffle um all kinds of neat stuff and so we're very very excited about that and if you don't have a ticket uh well nanny nanny boo boo we uh, tried to tell you we tried to warn you and uh, so we have a sold-out event, and we're looking forward to that. Get on your calendar September 25th, the March to the Border. That's going to be in McAllen. Now, I know McAllen is about, oh, uh, for most of us in the Hill Country, it's going to be a four- to five-hour drive. That is a Saturday. The event starts at, I believe it starts at 1 in the afternoon. I'll get you more details as we get closer. I usually don't worry too much about the details until we get closer so we're going to, um, let's see, I got a little bit of a Ben Franklin for you here. And uh, let's see, experience keeps a deer school, yet fools will learn and no other. And, of course, the deer in deer school means expensive. Experience is an expensive school, yet fools will learn in no other way. Y'all stay tuned for Chad Prather. We'll be right back. All right. 
right, we are back, folks. Thank you so much for staying tuned. And by the way, I take these uh, daily broadcasts and clean them up a little bit every day and post them onto Spotify and Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts and a whole list of other uh, podcast uh, places I've never heard of. But my uh, show is there. Just search for The Matt Long Show and you'll find uh, our daily program posted there and uh, usually on this, most of the times on the same day. So I'm very happy, uh, very proud to have on the line with me right now, calling directly from Colorado, Mr. Chad Prather. Good morning, sir. Hey, good morning, Matt. Good to be with you, man. How's everything here? We're we're doing we're doing good. We're having a cool morning. You know, you leave the state, and uh, this morning it was like 60 in the 60s when I walked out the door. And uh, I'm sure it was probably in the 50s when you walked out the door this morning. <laughs> yeah. we. Uh, I, I kept saying, you know, I live in Texas. It's been about 105 degrees there, and I was hoping to come to Colorado and get a little cooler weather. <clears throat> but I think in the middle of the day it's going to be pretty warm, but uh, I sure do enjoy these cool mornings. Absolutely, absolutely. So Mr. Prather is uh, running for the governor of the state of Texas. And uh, when uh, someone chooses to run against an incumbent, um, I guess our assumption is that you do not believe the incumbent is doing a very good job. Uh, because if they were, then uh, you wouldn't be running. So tell us why you have chosen to run for the governor of Texas. Well, one of the things that, that true conservatives in the state of Texas have discovered is that you know Governor Greg Abbott, uh, he is a campaign conservative. He makes a lot of promises in campaign years, but then he doesn't really do anything. Uh, he, you know, some folks have called him a political windsock. You know, he puts his finger in the air to see which way the winds are blowing. He operates his uh, political uh, his political power with nothing but polls and, and public opinions, uh, and he goes according to those. But he hasn't listened to to the voices of uh, of, of real Texans. And he's proven over the last 18 months uh, very clearly uh, that he's not a conservative in, in true regards because he's violated the Constitution uh, about 14 times that I count just in the last 18 months alone uh, with various mandates and shutdowns and quarantines and, and uh, you know, spending $295 million on contact tracing. There's, there's a lot of things that Greg Abbott has promised in campaign years and never delivered. You know, we saw in our recent 87th legislative session, which was supposedly the most conservative session in the history of Texas, that only two of the eight GOP priorities were passed, and those were so watered down, they were virtually unrecognizable from the bill that was originally written. So there's a lot of folks that are very frustrated with Greg Abbott uh, because uh, they, they just don't see him as a true conservative in terms of how he operates the state. And for those who push back on that, I always I always defy them. I say, tell me one piece of legislation in, in eight years in office as governor, 30 years really in Texas politics, tell me one piece of legislation that Greg Abbott has stuck his neck out and really pushed through. Uh, they'd be hard-pressed to find that. And so I was frustrated last year with, with more and more mandates, more and more shutdowns, uh, that I that I believe are unconstitutional, and so I said, you know, I'm going to I'm going to run to primary Greg Abbott, uh, and uh, some others have gotten on board with that, and they're running alongside me as well. And uh, folks should feel like it's a t- it's time for a change in Texas. 
You know, I'm. I, we're excited out here. You know, so many times we go to the polls and we say it's the lesser of two evils. And I always have to say there's only been one perfect man ever, and uh, he's not running for this office. And so it really always is the lesser of two or three evils. But I'm telling you, Texans have choices. In the Republican Texas, Republicans in Texas have an incredible choice coming up with uh, in in our uh, in our primary and i i watch your program quite often and uh and so i'm familiar with your you and uh oh i, I think i was really i was really impressed with the jonathan stickland interview you did back a couple of months ago and uh, you're sitting yep. there with jonathan and jonathan is all don huffines and uh, i just enjoyed listening and watching to that because the key to this and I've been trying to tell people who are saying, well, I'm for Chad, well, I'm for uh, Allen, and I'm for Mr. Huffines, and I want you to come over. And I've been telling folks, listen, any of those, the, the, the point here is to get Governor Abbott down into a runoff. And we have learned that in, in Texas politics. We have learned that. That's how we got Ted Cruz into office, was forcing a runoff. And so I was... Uh, I'm very impressed with the attitude that the, the the three of you guys are are taking towards one another. Am I am I correct on that? Are you guys all I don't know not working together, but uh, kind of on the same page? Well, the way the way that I like to term it is, uh, and, and we do numerous events together. Look, I consider Don and Alan my friends. Alan's been on my show multiple times. Uh, I say we're not running against each other; we're running alongside one another. Yeah. Uh, we've adopted the philosophy of what I call ABA, anyone but Abbott. Mm. Uh, you're right. You know, Andrew Wilkow weeks ago told me, he said, we'd love to have an Abbott in, in his home state of New Jersey. I said, yeah, because you live in New Jersey. You're used to having your freedoms taken away. <laughs> I said, here in Texas, I said, here in Texas, if, if we don't have a true constitutional conservative that, that is fighting for the rights of of conservative Texas, but we get another one. We we have, we have too many to choose from, and so you know if if you're not doing that job, but I'm telling you, Matt, the amazing thing to me, it, the, you know, the, the, just the gross, seedy underbelly of politics at every level is this: whenever you have enough money, you can make yourself appear to be anything mm. in front of people. Uh, Joe Biden is if he tries to make an appearance of being sane. Uh, people, people voted for him, and, and we know he's not all there. Um, this is what's happening with Greg Abbott. When you have a war chest of sixty million dollars, uh, that's not mom and pop money, right? That's mm-hmm. that's multinational corporations. That is big pharma. That is special interest groups. When you can raise eighteen million dollars in the ten days following the special, or I'm sorry, the uh, legislative session, uh, which is exactly what Greg Abbott did. This isn't you and I sending $5 or $500. These are big, big special interest in corporations. So we just see from the money that's there that not only shields him from the reality and exposes him to what he really is, but it shows whose pocket he's in as well. And these things just shouldn't be a reality in Texas in Texas politics at all. That's right. You know, uh, name recognition is also very important. I've had people tell me that uh, actually a very good friend of mine said for years that uh, she voted for whoever had the most yard signs out. Um, and so as we go, 
And listen, and I, I have confessed this on the air many times. Uh, in my past, um, if there was a woman running, I voted for the woman. And so, you know, and, and fortunately I've grown up since then, and so has my friend, uh, who, I, uh, who I won't name, Angela uh, Smith, who said uh, she voted for yard signs. So as I went around uh, over, the, since you've declared, and I've talked to people, and we say, well, Alan West, and so many people in Texas know him, and, and, and Don Huffines, North Texas, so many people know him. There's another guy named Danny Harrison. I didn't know if you know that uh, there's Mr. Harrison, who's also running for governor in the uh, primary. And uh, then I would say Chad Prather. And if they were over 40, they would look at me with a very funny look. And if they were under 40, it was almost like the drooling would start. Oh, Chad Prather. I am real excited about the fact that you are reaching an, a younger audience and hopefully bringing them into, I, I almost said the Republican Party, but I'm going to say into conservatism. Is, uh, are, is your following uh, uh, mostly, uh, are they a lot of bunch of under 40s? No, you know, our demographic is a broad spectrum. Uh, you know, it, and here's the thing about notoriety and name recognition. It, it's, it's simply this. Uh, they either know who you are or they don't, right? Uh, right. And, and Alan West, you know, you take an Alan West, a lot of people know Alan because he's been a very vocal uh, person in conservative politics for many, many years, going back to his career in Florida politics. Uh, you know, Don Huffines, uh, people recognize that name, certainly in the DFW area. Most people don't realize that that he's not a car dealer. That's his brother. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But the people, you know, they recognize the Huffines uh, car dealership, but that's not Don. You know, Don is a land developer. And uh, then, you know, I've been in the world of, of entertainment and the world of media, and, and, and which is a little bit of a detriment to me in regards to uh, politics because I have a nationwide audience. It's mm. not just in the state. Right. And so, so we've had to work with that. You know, I tell people all the time, I say, we are grassroots, which is politispeak for being broke. Uh, we <laughs> do encourage folks to, to get behind us. It's amazing what we're able to do with a dollar uh, versus these other folks that are running who have many more dollars. Uh, and so the bottom line, Matt, is the beauty of this race is no matter what, we win. Uh, we if, Even if we do not win the election, we still have effectively held Greg Abbott's feet to the fire and made him follow up on some of these so-called campaign promises. Mm. He is going to have to campaign in this because in 30 years of Texas politics, Greg Abbott has never faced a conservative challenger and never a primary opponent. So he's actually going to have to campaign. Uh, so we see this, all of us, and I, I don't speak for Don and Allen and, and the, you know, the rest, but I, I think I could say this. Um, we see that as a win for Texas because it is forcing his hand to, to embrace these conservative values that we feel like he forfeits. You know, and I give an example of that. Uh, people really want to push back. You know, I can take headlines and put them out today of, of Greg Abbott's promises. Mm-hmm. In fact, I did that on a Facebook post uh, uh, about a month or so ago. I put various headlines of what Greg Abbott was going to do for the border. Uh, and and it would read like something from today. But right. they were all campaign promises from 2014 to 2015. Mm-hmm. Still nothing's been done. Uh, the southern border is as open as ever, if not more so. 
you know, we have an energy crisis here in the state of Texas. We have a water crisis that's coming. Um, we have property taxes that are out of control. They've never had anything that pushes that down. Our spending has gone through the roof. Uh, since Greg Abbott's been governor, he's raised spending by $40 billion. Uh, and that's billions. Uh, that, that's an incredible number there for a guy who's supposedly a fiscal conservative. Uh, you know, we feel more unsure about our liberties and our freedom now than ever before. You know, 20 years after 9-11, our country is more divided, and we're doing more that embraces uh, tyranny from the court level, the media, big tech, uh, and now uh, medical tyranny. Uh, we're seeing more and more of that with, without a governor that's going to stand up and fight back and say this is not going to be allowed and it's not going to happen in our state. Now, you can go to Twitter all you want and say that you're going to stand for freedoms, but until you actually push back, and, you know, we're about to head into the second special session. So this will be the third session of the legislative process. Uh, September 20th, he's called another special session to discuss some important topics, but it's amazing that we have to, one, talk about any of those topics, and two, uh, the things that are being left out. Uh, when we look real closely at that, it's conservative values are not truly being represented in Texas right now. Mm. That's right. Absolutely. Mr. Prather, do you have, uh, can you stick around through the break? Sure, you bet. All right. Well, uh, because uh, there's uh, something you and I have in common besides both being irresistibly handsome, we do have uh, something Amen. else in common. And so I want to talk about that. I want to also visit with you about the mandate that came down from the federal government and then your book, you've got a new book coming out. I can't wait to get a copy of it next Saturday. And then uh, September 18th, you are going to be in Fredericksburg. Actually, you're going to be in Kerrville for the Fredericksburg Tea Party, and we want to visit with uh, about that for a little bit. So, folks, y'all stay tuned. We will be right back with uh, The Blazes, Chad Prather. Folks, we are back. I have on the line with me a Texas gubernatorial candidate. That word gubernatorial just doesn't come out of the mouth real easy. Do, we, do you have any suggestions for a word to replace a gubernatorial, Mr. Prather? It's funny you ask that. I, uh, I've, I've rattled it around in my brain so many times trying to think of that, and I, and I try to find as many synonyms as possible. Um, crazy. Uh, is, is one word that there comes you go. to mind. Because uh, we, we've all got to be crazy, right? And uh, to be doing this, especially this day and age, it, it, as you alluded earlier, uh, I do have a book coming out. It's called Am I Crazy? People can, can pre-order it. It's, it's an unapologetic patriot takes on the insanity of today's woke world. Mm. And, uh, you know, people say, man, you, you, you've, you've lived a pretty good life. You know, you got a successful show on The Blaze, the Chad Prather Show. Got a successful live career touring and doing music and comedy and entertainment and so many different things, you know, in an apparel business that does great, an online following. Why in the world did you want to get involved with politics? I said, well, I didn't want to, uh, actually. 
I, I you know, it, it's uh, I don't think Patrick Henry wanted to give the you know give me liberty or give me death speech either. Right. But he did because you know the times called for it, and uh, you know so that's kind of where I find myself at this point in time, reluctant but willing, and and certainly in this fight for Texas and. And so many different things that that we're seeing being just being bombarded, uh, not just as conservatives but as Americans. Yeah, um, it hit home in in my home this morning. The uh, gu- the uh, president's uh, executive orders, whatever you want to call them, about the uh, the mandates for the vaccine that hit my house this morning because of my wife's work. Um, she struggled at the beginning about getting the jab, and we spent we talked a bunch a bunch about it, and and she finally decided to say I'm I'm not going to do that. And then because of her work this morning, that fear has come back, and I it is there's a lot of people struggling with that. Uh, give us your give us your thoughts on on that mandate, and and maybe even some suggestions. Besides giving up your job, is there any other suggestions that you have to fight back against this uh, medical tyranny coming from D.C.? We have been, um, it's almost like the siren song that has drawn us to the rocks, right, to our own destruction. We have been lulled into a a pacificity. We, We have really been pacified. And, you know, with our live, laugh, love idea of American freedom, uh, you can burn all of that now because we're quite literally, we've been in a cultural and an ideological war for a long time. Now it's time to, that people are actually going to experience some discomfort Mm. uh, because this administration is hell-bent, quite honestly, on making sure that they... Uh, operate as dictators. So it's an unconstitutional mandate. The governor, and I I encourage all conservative governors, all Republican governors, they have to issue counter-executive orders that will direct the state to not implement or enforce any of those mandates. Mm. They've got to counter that. They've got to counter that. Now, if I were governor, we would go one step further as the state of Texas and we would we would quite literally start drawing up articles of secession and enforce Article One, Section Two of the and Section Nineteen of the Texas Bill of Rights. Mm. And we would leverage our power and our and our size and our and our economy against the federal government to hold their feet to the fire. Now people hear me say that and they say, "Oh, you just you want to just pull out of the union?" No, I don't. Absolutely, I don't. Mm. But we do have the ability to leverage ourselves to say, "Look, you you either remind yourself that you're accountable to us." or else. And that's where we're at. It's going to take people with actual power standing up to, because let's face it, we don't have elected politicians in Washington, D.C. anymore. What we have is appointees. We have 2.5 million unelected bureaucrats in Washington, D.C. who are calling the shots right now. And we're having to succumb to this. Now, to the situation with your wife, you know, what I'm encouraging people to do is hold the line Hold the line as much as you can, and and if they have to fire you or they feel forced to fire you, then force them to fire you. Mm. Uh, this is a this is an at, Texas is an at will state. I understand that you're going to be limited when it comes to the lawsuits. It is quite frankly going to take American patriots sticking together, standing together, holding each other's arms up, and we defy. We have to stand against and defy businesses, institutions, uh, uh, you know 
academics, all of these things, we have got to stand back and defy those who are going to force this untested so-called air quotes vaccine that, that we, I mean, this, the Biden administration is a walking, talking, babbling, uh, but living um, example of, of, of a Nuremberg Code violation. Yes. Uh, we're being experimented on, and they're forcing people's hand to do these things. I, I, I was reading through social media this morning. People are scared. They're afraid. They're, they're worried about losing their livelihood. How are they going to pay their bills? Well, I've said from the very beginning that, that what we have to do, if you truly want to protest, is, is you stop. You stop funding these institutions with these ideologies. Uh, but, you know, somewhere today, somebody will, again, we'll log on to Facebook, won't we? We'll go shop for a Tesla car. We will turn on uh, big media. We, we, will, we will send our kids to a public school. Uh, all of these things, we talk big, but we're not willing to get uncomfortable. And I'm telling you, folks, the further we listen to that siren song, we're going to crash on the rocks. It's time for some things to get very, very uncomfortable. And, uh, you know, I alluded to, to Patrick Henry's Give Me Liberty or Give Me Death. I actually went back early this morning, and I reread the entire speech. Oh. Google it sometimes. See, see, there I am. There yeah. I am right there. Say, <laughs> go, just... go, go Google it. Yeah. See, see, see how easy we, we get lulled into that. Right. But, but I'm encouraging you, get a hold of that speech and read the entire thing. Mm. It, and you replace some words like, you know, the king and the throne and Great Britain. And I promise you, it, you it's 100% relevant to what we're dealing with today. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it is. And there's so many passages like that. And and uh, not only in the not only from uh, uh, talks from our founders of this country that just rings so true today, um, even even uh, passages in the Bible that just make you stand, stop and go, wow. So let's talk about uh, September 18th. You are going to be bringing your uh, your awesome band, the Ragamuffins, uh, down to the hill country. We've got an amazing evening planned. And, Chad, by the way, this is our first fundraiser in many years that we did not have tickets available at the door. We were sold out yesterday, and it is, I'm telling you, it's because we have Chad Prather as our keynote speaker. So we're real, real excited about that. And uh, you're going to be bringing your band. Um, I, under, I understand y'all are putting your uh, greatest hits uh, album together. <laughs> Yeah, you know, in the time of uh, shutdowns and quarantines, a lot of my musician friends uh, that, that are, you know, it's a vast number of them across the state of Texas, they couldn't go to work, right, because there were no venues that were allowed to be open. And so uh, I started, uh, because of the size of my platform, I was still able to go out and do certain things. So I just started encouraging some of my friends. I said, just come with me. You come to a show with me. So there was numerous times uh, last year where, I'd go out and people said, this is, you know, business-wise, you're not going to make any money because you're going to pay all these guys. I said, that's fine. Uh, let's let's pay these folks to come out here and work and do some things, and, and I'm willing to share the stage. And so there were a few of us that are good friends, and we just said, let's put together a little group and uh, start doing some harmony parts and songs people recognize. And finally gave ourselves a name called the, the Ragamuffins. It's myself, Jody Booth, Ben McPherson, and, uh, and Steve Helms. And Steve, of course, the Steve Helms band, is, he's got five or six studio albums out over the years. 
And so we just go out and have a lot of fun and, and make people laugh and, and let them, let them uh, hear a little music they recognize and sing along. And it, it, it kind of breaks up the monotony and the seriousness of the political uh, talk all the time. So we're going to be there uh, on the 18th. Uh, it's going to be a great Saturday night there in Fredericksburg, gorgeous Fredericksburg. And uh, the night before, we're actually in. Uh, see, we're going to be in. Uh, uh, we're going to be in Kerrville on Saturday night. Right, Kerrville. Uh, with all you Kerrverts. Yep. Going to be in Kerrville. The reason I was saying Fredericksburg is because the night before, we actually have a sold out show over there as well. So it's going to be a fun weekend in, right. in that area. I can't, I can't wait to, uh, to, to be with you guys. And um, we're going to have a lot of fun. Well, listen, we accomplished a lot as well. Absolutely, I believe so too. Um, and uh, so we got a couple of minutes left, and I, I want to discuss what you and I have in common. Um, both of us keep our heads covered at all times. Um, yeah. You wear your cowboy hat. When I first started watching your show, and I'm and and uh, on on the blaze, um, I, I would I, I would look, and and you got the studio lights, and you've got this shadow from your cowboy hat that goes down about to your nose. And I kept thinking, you know, this guy's in the studio, he's inside, and yet he wears his cowboy hat. And then, lo and behold, in one of your programs, I don't know if you've done this more than once, but you did remove your hat one day. And um, I, I the, the, the first thing I thought, uh, with all due respect, was, uh, Chad, put your hat back on. <laughs> so we... Yeah, I've... Uh, go ahead. I, uh, it's funny, uh, the, uh, you know, over the years, I've worn a hat my entire life. You know, I was a ball player and, and then uh, grew up in the horse world as well in, in the state of Georgia. And I moved to Texas 20 years ago because I thought, man, I found my tribe out here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I found my people. And, uh, you know, just the cowboy hat. I used to do, actually, when I got started, I was doing a, a show for an equestrian lifestyle network on cable. And, of course, that, that sort of required the hat. Right. And then uh, once once things kind of went viral and took off, people recognized me by the hat. Right. So it's, been, it's a good little item, and it, and it definitely covers up, you know, the, the beautiful – I'm 48 years old, so that, that fun little uh, that little ring around your head, you know, up mm-hmm. there that, that gets sunburned so easily. The hat has been a convenient – and a big shout-out to my friends at American Hat Company uh, that, that have been my partners for a long, long time. Uh, to cover up my little ball spot. Well, that's uh, I've been wearing a head covering for many, many years as well, and uh, uh, I wear a bandana, and uh, it's uh, kind of interesting. A lot of people uh, ask me what kind of motorcycle I ride, and uh, then I, you know, just kind of chuckle. Um, and uh, I think because the last motorcycle I rode was maybe when I was seventeen. Um, but I keep my head covered with a bandana, and every now and then I take it off, and people will go, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, put that back on. Yeah, and I got that same shiny spot. I think maybe during this fundraiser that we have coming up for the Fredericksburg Tea Party that you're going to be a part of, I don't know, maybe we need to challenge uh, uh, challenge our audience uh, to, to see who has the uh, least handsome uncovered head. And uh, so... <laughs> There we go. Maybe we no, can do that, something. That would be a, that's a scary show idea. Uh, okay. All right. Maybe we'll just keep that one to ourselves, Mr. Prather. We are. <laughs> uh, we are. Uh, this has been great. Uh, really appreciate uh, you coming on to the program today. I want you guys to have a fun time in Colorado. We will keep your entire team in our prayers as you travel. And uh, thank you again. We're looking forward to seeing you next Saturday. 
looking forward to it. Thanks, Matt. Take care. Have a great weekend. We will. All right. There you go, folks. Straight from Chad Prather. The Blazes, Chad Prather, uh, the crazy candidate, gubernatorial candidate for um, the governor of the state of Texas. We're real excited about that. Y'all stay tuned, folks. We'll be right back. All right, folks, we are back. Uh, Uncle Ted bringing us in to close up a Friday show. Um, you know, we uh, just told uh, Chad that uh, we were uh, going to be praying for his uh, folks on the road this uh, while they're uh, doing their road trip. And uh, also, the uh, there's a lot of people I know that are going to be on the road this weekend. My wife and I and uh, another couple from the uh, Fredericksburg Tea Party are going to be going up to an event in Taylor. Uh, I'm sorry, Tyler. Texas, the other Taylor, Tyler, Texas, um, and so we're going to be on the road this weekend, and um, and of course, uh, you know, be nice to the tourists. There's always people on the road on the weekend. The traffic was not as heavy this morning for a Friday morning, so I'm not sure what that's going to uh, uh, turn into as far as tourism in the hill country. But we've had an amazing summer for tourism, and uh, so even regardless of everything that's been going on, so. Y'all pray for those who are traveling and uh, pray for yourself that you are nice to the tourists. Got to do that. You're going to find yourself a stranger in a strange land someday. And uh, this idea of uh, it's always nice, uh, friendly Texas, friendly Texans. Um, September 11th, uh, we all know, I think all of us very clearly can picture where we were and what we were doing on that Tuesday morning 20 years ago. And um, it, that was tough. Um, it, was, uh, it was a scary morning. Um, I had a brother at the time who, uh, well, I still have him, uh, but at the time he lived in uh, Washington, D.C., and he drove right past the Pentagon every single morning. And so, of course, it took me, I think it was probably the middle of the afternoon before I was able to get my brother on the phone. And if we all remember, if you knew anybody in, in, in New York or, or in D.C., that how horrible the, uh, the phone services were for that day and a couple of days and just wondering, just not knowing uh, who and where and, and if you had loved ones and friends up there, and uh, I just, you know, as much as uh, I, I love my little brother, and uh, it was, it was a tough morning waiting to hear from him. Even though the chances were that he, you know, odds were that he was going to be just fine. But it, when you don't know, is is when it's worse. And uh, so every year, I during this time, I, you you kind of pause. We'll see some of the video. We'll see reminders. There'll be specials on TV. Uh, Netflix had a um, a program up, and uh, I I avoided watching it. They'd been putting it at the top of the list for uh, probably about a month now. And last Sunday, I turned it on. And I should have known, I should have known, it's a, a short series on Netflix, and of course we all know who's running Netflix, 
And uh, it took them about the middle of the second episode before it went all political and from the far left. Um, I was very disappointed in that, but I guess I should say I wasn't surprised. Um, But the uh, first uh, two, if you can get through the, the, the first two episodes were really good. They were a reminder of, of what that day was. I, I mean, it's one thing to kind of sit here and say, yeah, I remember the day. And it's another one to plug in back in to the images and plug back into the sounds of that day. And uh, I did that this last week. And it's um, we just can't forget how serious that was. And, it, and we need to stop and pray. You know, people who have lost a loved one before their time, all right, before their time, young, if they've, you've lost a, a husband or a wife way before their time, it, it, it's those anniversaries are always tough. There's that first Christmas without your husband. There's that uh, first Thanksgiving without that uh, family member, the nephew. Uh, there's all of those firsts, and then for whatever reason, uh, in our psyche as people, those uh, whole number anniversaries, you know, the the 19th anniversary was just as big as the 20th anniversary. We're still remembering the same thing, and yet for some reason, 19 is just not, you know, just not magic enough, and so... 20 should not be anything special. I think every year on September 11th, we should treat that and think about as if it had just happened. And then a lot of people have spoken over the last few days about September 12th. Do you remember how united we were on September 12th? Got a little bit of a reading here from uh, Michael Quinn Sullivan. And uh, it says, um, this is Michael Quinn Sullivan's story about September 11th. And uh, so here you go. You can find this uh, in his uh, newsletter uh, that comes out every day. And uh, here we go. We were waiting for the movers uh, to come on September 11th, 2001. My wife and I were sitting on the front porch that morning, sipping coffee, excited to be heading back to Texas. Our townhouse was a couple of miles from the Pentagon. In retrospect, we heard the crash We remember saying, did you hear that? At that time, we couldn't process what it possibly could be. Our toddler played near to us while her infant sister gurgled in a car seat. We couldn't imagine the death, the destruction, the horror happening so close. There were 2,977 people murdered that day. There were millions whose lives were upended. And there are billions who have been affected. Today, 20 years later, the magnitude of the attack is still staggering. The Islamic terrorists wanted America destroyed. Perhaps they thought toppling buildings could achieve that end. Or maybe they thought shedding the blood of civilians would make the rest of us kneel before their God. That evening, as the nation grappled to understand what happened, there was a palatable fear that America had been dealt a crippling blow. Fortunately, the horror of 9-11 gave way to the steady resolve of 9-12. Americans would not be cowed by terrorists. And yet on the 20th anniversary of that horrible day, there are those in our country carrying out the terrorists' ends. 
They want to topple our constitutional rights. They target Christian ministries for their faith. They want us to kneel before secular gods. Many hold public office. Our cities have been terrorized by people who despise liberty and would see the American experiment in self-governance ended, just as those Islamic terrorists dreamt of a globe-spanning caliphate we spent the last year watching BLM and Antifa terrorists try to impose a radical socialist agenda on the rest of us. They use multinational corporations to silence dissent. In a fallen world, attacks on our way of life should be expected. When the inevitable assaults come, we can choose the ease of surrender or we can fight back faithfully. In fighting, we have the opportunity to love God, love our neighbors, and take our place in history amongst the men and women who boldly stood against tyranny. So what will we do? We will resign ourselves to the inevitability of a leftist tyranny? Will we shrug our shoulders and shuffle down the road to serfdom? Or will patriots rise up? Will we rededicate ourselves to those founding ideals of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness? Will we fight for what America can be? Will we fight for that more perfect union of self-governing sovereigns? Will we, in the words of the Old Testament exhortation, be strong and courageous? At the end of this life, the Israelite, at the end of his life, the Israelite leader Joshua gathered the people of Israel together and told them that they must choose this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. The choice we make today about what we will do tomorrow will shape the future of our republic. As for me and my house, we resolve to fight. So Michael Quinn Sullivan, very, very well written, and um, just uh, it's it, this is um, we don't know what tomorrow brings. I think there's a lot of us who fear that uh, tomorrow is going to bring some kind of disaster, new disaster. We need to pray. We need to pray for our country, pray for our leaders. If you haven't done so yet, set your alarm clock for 8 p.m. every night and stop at 8 p.m. and pray for our country. This is going on around the country. In, in Texas time, it's 8 o'clock. If you're uh, west, it's 7 or 6. Uh, if you're back east, it's uh, 9 o'clock. But set your alarm clock for 8 every evening and just stop just for one minute and pray for our country. Joshua 1 and 9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Folks, have a safe weekend. We'll see you on Monday.